Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. I am so excited to share that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Motto. Motto is the new no-nonsense hookup app for gay and queer people. Hookup apps have become a staple in queer culture, but they also come with bullshit. Headless torsos, blank profiles, catfishing, endless scrolling of the grid. We've all been there. On Motto, every profile is verified by a real human and every photo has a face. Motto sends you a daily match of people who match your interests and kinks. There are no fees, no ads, and no nonsense. Get Motto today by going to tinyurl.com slash mottoblocktalk or visit the link in my link tree. Motto, gain queer hookups without the nonsense. And as always, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theeverthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. I told you a purple person would win. Survivor 44 came to a close where we got proof that it's not always strengths that bring you the title of Soul Survivor. It can come down to a fantastic social game. It's time to talk all things Survivor 44. And join me once again are two people who know a thing or two about being a good, strong alliance. Billy and Twinkie Boots. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, and look at the two of you wearing your buffs. I know. I was like, without even sending a message, we just instinctly did it. <laughs> Both wearing tank tops. We're the cutest duo that there ever were. I, I, yeah. Do you finish each other's sandwiches? We do. Yeah. Checks out. Um, the finale. <laughs> it is here. Survivor 44. It's over. Um, in the new era of Survivor, I think this was a, this one was satisfying. Oh, it was very satisfying. Because this was this, there were so many different ways this one could have gone when it got to that five that I would have been happy with any of those five winning. Of course, I was more happy with a purple person getting there, but I would have been satisfied with any of the five. I agree. I love purple person as a like statement. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't want it's a easier person. when you talk to people who are not as like in depth of, uh, to survivors right. as we are. So they're like, Tika, what's Tika? Purple person. Oh, I got it. I know, I know who that is. Um, I don't know. I, I think purple, if I ever get to go on the show, I, I want to be on a purple team. I like purple. My, my wardrobe fits best for purple. I can't it's do the other two Love it. That's working. All right. We got a lot to talk about. Let's dive in. Welcome to the season finale of Survivor 44. Jeff will do that walk and talk thing to introduce us to the season as he says, great players make great seasons. And he's right on that. But we're not going to discuss what he has to say because he's just the host of we want to talk about those great players in this banger season. They're on a boat. And of course, Carolyn is screaming. The Vava finalists are on a new beach, but thankfully they brought their supplies with them. Is it confirmed we've ruined that part of the game as well now? No surprises. Everyone's going to do it. Yeah. Everybody's I mean, I'm kind of. Sh- oh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I mean, everybody was prepared. So it like takes away that aspect. But at the same time, like starting fresh, fresh, fresh with nothing at that point in the game is like a dagger to the soul. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could have gone. I would have seen them possibly doing that with like the six 
just to try to throw them off if they would have had mm-hmm. the inkling that they might have done this. But no, I think I was like, that's brilliant. Now you have to switch up all of your little surprises that you're planning to but, do for seasons to come. But why? Why do we need to change beaches? In the past, we there there were reasons. Either there was a new um, giant structure you got to live in, or there was some sort of um, new twist or something. Why do we have to change beaches? At this point, it's not new. It's it, it's stupid. It was weird because last seat, like the last few seasons when they've done it, the new beach has been the home for the that final five, tw- like right advantage challenge, um, because they don't know the beach as well, right? But they didn't do that this time, or if they did, they didn't show it, right? Um, there's a lot of things that I will abolish. We will get to the big thing that I want to abolish later on, um, but this is one I think we, we've run its course. It's okay. We don't need to make them move to a new beach jam jam is happy to be here as he says if he doesn't have anything on this new island it's okay because he's still there it's dark so it's not that much there's not much to see or explore yet but a fire pit is coming now heidi's asked about her new idol and she explains it was in a tree close to the cage um i don't remember that specifically but um that sounds accurate now carolyn was surprised by heidi's idol but she was not surprised as why she would trust them the plan was jamie and it worked so everyone is thinking that the idol is rehidden, and Carolyn tells us that she's a she's good at looking. She's always looking, even in confessional. She's looking. Um, I feel like that's the twist. Is like there's an idol hidden in confessional, and you have to be able to navigate out of confessional to get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'd be quite the twist. It can thing. be anywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's all like, don't they have certain spots for each castaway to like do their confessionals too? Like it's not like a ubiquitous confessional spot yeah i'm not sure how they pick because obviously we've seen some people shift to some locations um uh but but i feel like they have certain spots for at least certain producers like like at least whoever their story producer is has like at least like two or three locations so if they have to switch them around they probably can fair carolyn is determined to find the idol she she tells us that she's going to search for the idol and Carson's like that's a good idea for you but I'm going to wait until morning because I can't see <laughs> she is confused why he won't look in the dark and well he just can't see and she so will offer to guide him but he would rather look in the morning when he'd be more efficient what would you do blind leading the blind or sleep and wake up and pounce well we know how this backfired for us in our season of <laughs> Angelica where we i went to bed and then someone made a fake idol and threw us out under the bus saying it was real and we all believed him and didn't vote for him um and then he turned around and found an idol in front of us so it it's one of those things like i i don't regret going to sleep i was exhausted but at the same time maybe i should have looked because apparently it was hidden the night before mm-hmm. I think for me, like, I mean, obviously it's very situational. And if I was on the actual show, I would probably be running on extreme fumes, but I'm really good at running on very little sleep. So I'd probably surrender sleep to try and look for that idol. The situation Chad is talking about, like I went to bed with immunity around my neck. So I was like, I'm going to get a good night's sleep and cuddle up. So I was like, I don't give a fuck what's going on, which was obviously the wrong decision of time. 
but yeah, I would definitely have been a, been a Carolyn looking for it and not a blind Carson. Now, as Carolyn and Carson discuss the location of the last title and being in the majority, Jam Jam is literally digging around the water bottle. He is convinced it's there. And the fact that the other two make no notice, this is why we love OG Tika. They can literally do anything and it's okay. Carolyn tells us that she doesn't miss anything, but she will throw shade at Jam Jam for wasting time digging a foot underground. Now, Jam Jam will pop up with something in hand and tell them he's got it. What does he got? Does he have the idol? No, it's just a piece of wood. As Eliza once said, it's a fucking stick. <laughs> I wanted to so badly. <laughs> Again, this is what makes Tika so special that they can have this moment and be silly together knowing they're probably going to be okay the next day. Yeah, I honestly feel like I wish that the Tika 3 would have like BB comics because I feel like they would have the best BB comics we've ever seen. Hey, you put it out there. Someone can make it. What do you have any ideas for them? Um, I mean, obviously we know that I'm going to call Carson super twink. I knew you were going to say that. I was waiting for the twink reference. Sorry, twinkie boots. You're no longer super twink. I was never super twink. I'm just the oldest twink in nightlife. Um, Carolyn would definitely be something about like facial expressions. Like, right. I'm not sure. She'd be something like, or something emotional in the title. Mm -hmm. Um, Something all of like elastiphase. I'm Felicia. <laughs> it's day 24. The wind is blowing strong, so strong that everything is, everyone is in their long sleeves. How cold do you think it gets out there? Um, this was filmed when they were filming in the, uh, like, they're in July, right? Yes. I think. Uh, no, they, well, they, left, they the... were filming in June. Because they left. That's still I, technically, because believe... it's in the, the, southern hemisphere so it's technically winter Mm -hmm. so it can get get chilly yes okay okay that's fair i literally like at the survivor uh pre-finale party i met janine from last season and i asked her Mm -hmm. i said how hot does it get out there and i don't she didn't understand me because she couldn't hear what i was saying i think and she was like well i thought i looked hot but the guy the baka boys were lying to me and i'm like no you looked hot but what was the temperature but like (laughs) so i didn't get the answer that i was looking for we'll have to get someone to give us an answer out there (laughs) oh my Um, gosh now heidi's asked if she thinks an idol will be hidden now and now that hers has been used and she thinks so and she is determined she will find it she will say that it bears a hole in your pocket she didn't want to go home with an idol in her pocket so she has no regrets even though she got no votes she made her decision and she is here and loving being in the final five it's time for a hunt and we're going to see some people looking in the tree someone on the beach and as the hunt is on Heidi thinks she has a pretty decent resume as she found an idol she had an alliance she's the last token member she says she's been in holes and she's been able to dig out and I bet all the gays watching were like been there too lady They've been in holes. Uh-huh. Carson and Carolyn are walking together, and she will not beat around the bush. She can't let Heidi or Lauren find it. Carson thinks it's on the beach near the rocks somewhere, but Carolyn has a good feeling she will find it. She will say a lot of her game has been trusting her gut and heart. She says she is an emotional person, but that helps with connecting with people and helps people see that she's real. She believes people trust her because she is being herself, and it's exactly what she wants to do. 
we're going to put a pin on that and see how that fares later on in this episode. Now, Jam Jam will pick up the immunity necklace, joke to Lauren that he found it, and it doesn't work like that. Could you imagine if that was how it could work? Maybe that's a twist in the future. <laughs> Very I found it, right? He believes that if he finds the idol, he will win the million dollars. Did he not think he could without this last ditch effort? I mean, if he's been thinking about the gameplay that other people have been doing, he knows he has a shot, but he knows that everyone else also still has a shot too, based on the jury that's been made. That's fair. He says that he has outwitted and outlasted, but thinks the idol will allow him to outplay people. He believes people like big moves and big fines. He says that it's not about the flashy game, but it definitely helps. But more on that later. We're going to watch Jam Jam climb rocks, digging in roots. He thinks it could be in the middle of the ocean. But then we have a camera pan to a tree and the parchment tied to it. And it's just going to sit there and sit there. Now, I've said this before. If you plan to play you need to be aware of your surroundings, and that includes the cameras. I don't know how in tune you can be, but if you're searching and all of a sudden a camera is looking at a tree, panning around that tree branch, clue in that something might be there, and it's not just for B-roll. Yeah, that's fair. We will see Heidi miss it. Lauren will miss it. Carson will miss it. Was this probably one of the sneakiest locations? Has it ever been this camouflaged into a tree? I don't remember it ever being like, like usually it's kind of obvious, like to an extent. This was very like tan paper on a tree. Mm-hmm. Like there was some, I think the, the the rope or the string, it wasn't even, it was like red, wasn't it? Was it was red. Yeah, so it was, was red. A little bit standout-y, but other than that, it was a little bit more hidden for sure. Yeah. Carson's scared of idols, so he tries to circumvent them every chance possible. He has tried to not circle his game around idols and advantages. His game is numbers, relationships, and strategy. He says he has been on the right side of the vote every time and knows what's going on. He knows he's seen as a threat, and that's not good for him. Lauren knows she's on the outs as she was blindsided by the vote. She has been through tougher than this. She says that through adversity and through the challenges, she has never given up. This could be the difference between winning a million dollars or not. She will note that you must also be in conversations as well and says it seems as though there are a lot of there are three Tika members running the show. So she has to break that bond. Now, we're going to have a happy moment as Carson and Carolyn didn't think they would have made it this far. But meanwhile, back at camp, danger music plays as we see Jam Jam sitting with Heidi and Lauren, who are feeling nervous. She will tell them that Carson can beat them and win and reminds them that Carson has been in on every vote and everyone loves him. Allegedly, they all see him as their little brother or Carolyn's son. Um, I say boy, but that's a whole different conversation. We'll get to that later. Now, Lauren will push the Carson vote out to Carolyn as she tells, uh, says that he will be a threat in the end. Carolyn will acknowledge that Carson has voted correctly every single time. And Carolyn knows that Carson is 100% loyal to her and she is to him, but she is thinking about the end game and weighing out the options. She admits that he has played the best game. He speaks the best. He's articulate. He's a sweetie pie. And with that, she says he would win. Did you at any time think either of those two were going to vote Carson out or did you think this was all smoke and mirrors? That Jam Jam or Carolyn would turn on him? Yeah. Oh, that was all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, I 
I never thought that I thought there were moments where Carolyn or Jam Jam would vote each other, but never mm-hmm. Carson. I, I think I agree with you. Yeah, agree. I think if either of them were going to do it, I would say Jam Jam would have done it first, but I really don't mm-hmm. think that it was a consideration. I think it was just like trying to keep the Tika three yeah. little secret co-op situation. Now Carson is sitting with Lauren and we get the dueling Western music upon us as Carson says that they have in fact been hearing each other's name. I will say that Lauren was a straight shooter here. She was not going to lie to him about his name being out there. She knows, he knows, she knows. Carson thinks Lauren has played a good game and the way he said it was very dismissive and I kind of live for it. Um, Did Lauren play a good game? I feel like she must have if everybody was so worried about her in making the final tribal because she must have had a really good social game. I don't think it was shown by any means, but Mm -hmm. she had to have because everybody was like, yeah, Lauren, 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 like she has the votes. Like, I think the jury had, you know, a decent amount of Ratu on it, but she must have had some like really strong social game. And I noticed that in her Instagram, she hung out with Danny after the parties here. And I'm like, we did not see them being that close at all. So what was that about? She had to have had this amazing social game. I really just think it wasn't shown. I was just about to comment on that because if you look at her Instagram, she's in all of the pockets of that that merged tribe. She has all of these different photos and different moments with everyone. So she is very, like, she was very connected. We just didn't see that. Yeah, it very much felt like watching the final episode where Erica wins, where they're all of a sudden be like, hey, remember Erica and what she did and all these great things? You're like, wait, what? Who? What? who? No. I, so I was a little nervous. I was like, can Lauren actually pull this off? Because they're making us feel like she is this big time player, but she hadn't been a part of the overall edit. Obviously, we will know that she was just a pawn in the last vote out. Now, Carson is worried about where things can go, knowing how sporadic his alliance is. Both Carolyn and Jam Jam are people he has to worry about most about flipping and flopping. It's all going to come down to immunity. So let's get to it. In this challenge, they will race through a massive uh, three-level obstacle, collecting keys along the way. They will grab the last key using a pole. They will then use their keys to unlock a chest with a rope. Inside, they will use to drop a ladder. They will then race to the top of the tower where a puzzle awaits. First person to finish earns a spot in the final form. In addition, they will be playing for a reward. They will go to the sanctuary where they will feast on spaghetti with meat sauce, chocolate cake, carrot cake, and in a shocker of all shockers, there's a bigger reaction for carrot cake. Listen, I'm Team Carson here. Carrot cake is disgusting. Chocolate all the way. Oh, I would have been Team Carrot Cake. Same. <laughs> I love carrot cake. Our, literally, our wedding, our wedding cake was carrot cake. Like, that's how much we love it. I it's so it. freaking good. It's delicious. All right, fine. Carrot Cake wins this podcast. Um, how would you do in this challenge? I think I would have done okay. Good at knots. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at knots and I love puzzles. So I think I would have done okay. How about climbing uh, things? Um, I mean, I rock climb, so why not? So you win. <laughs> All right. Okay. I feel like I, I don't know that I win. Like <laughs> vertical, like stack, like getting them to stack and not fall over part of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but getting there, I think I would have been okay. But that that part, I think I would have I been honest, I sure. think my struggle would have been Carolyn's spot with the knocking the key off. I think yeah. that would have been my struggle section. Would you have well, screamed like her? Is my question for you. 
Yes, I absolutely. Um, I mean, there's, there's time. There's time for you to 3D print it. That's true. Oh, all right, the challenge begins, and it's a race. We're going to see Heidi working her ass off, and all that pre-show training is proving it is working for her. The race to key one and two is between Carson and Heidi with Carolyn and Lauren on their tail, and Jam Jam is moving as fast as I would in this challenge. Just enough. <laughs> um, everyone will get their third key as Heidi is working on her final key, where we learn you have to fling it. That's the strategy, according to Jeffrey Probst. Carolyn and Heidi are neck and neck as they get to the chest. Carson will get to the rope first, but Heidi will get up the ladder to get to the puzzle first. Jam Jam will have a bit of a struggle to get to the fourth key, but no one is struggling like Carolyn, a narrative we are going to hear about later in this episode. Lauren will get up to the platform as Jam Jam gets his key, and Carolyn is moaning and groaning. Um, I feel like Jeff is just going to have to cast someone who's going to be vocal every season because it's part of the soundtrack now. Yeah, those sound bites, hot. The puzzle is the official equalizer, but let's be honest, the 3D Twink has done this puzzle before. Um, I wish I had the money to get a 3D printer and 3D print all this shit. I just do not. Well, that being said, I did order some puzzles on Etsy, so they're going to be little tiny itty bitty ones, but at least they'll give me an idea. Yeah, practice makes perfect, honey. I got to say, it was very (laughs) sweet hearing Carson saying good luck to Heidi at the puzzle knowing he was about to smoke her yeah like he is very well intended but he knew heidi you got no chance it's mine goodbye did heidi have a chance no i never thought that carson like as soon as i saw that challenge the puzzle was yeah yeah i was like oh this is carson's name written all over it like if he doesn't has he hacked the game do we have to pivot and change things again as, he was. as long as we don't go to all the fucking balance shit again, where you just stand and endurancely hold something, as long as we don't go to that again. Well, I, I, just, I asked the question because now that we know the world of 3D printing can uh, really affect how you can perform on Survivor, is that what the show wants anymore? Do they, they want to well, keep is, their consensus? Is on that the, why on they took out? What was the what was the puzzle a few seasons ago that wasn't in brains? Not brains, brawn. David and Goliath, where like the puzzle was done in like twenty seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, did they and then, bring like, and then they took that puzzle away? That one that Evie did in the the recent yeah. season too, where it was the 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 balls, right? The like trying mm-hmm. that was like done in minutes. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, Carolyn will ask Jeff if she's still in it. Good for you. I would play those. I would play that as my narrative as well. I like. I would just talk to Jeff the entire time, knowing like I'm not going to win. At least we can have a conversation. I got to ask though. In this moment, we are going to hear Carolyn ask about being in it, but then we cut to Jeff on the puzzle platform. Sneaky editing, or does he just talk that loudly? Probably sneaky editing. That's my feeling. Wait, what? um because again like she was the only one down there at that point he's up on the uh, thing watching the puzzle he's not actually talking to her i think it was because we didn't see him it's just like when you don't see rupaul say something and then rupaul says something in a weird different tinny voice you know it's post-production yeah there was also like i saw on facebook this season in one of the tribal councils it was something about Jamie when she spoke 
Danny, you could see Danny's arm behind her and it was like definitely his arm tattooed, but he had already been voted out or something. So they like must have needed a little sound bite of her tossed it in. I think it was the round she got voted out. So interesting. Yeah. Everyone has everyone has a piece of the puzzle as Carolyn arrives. She's got one in and she's like, I did it. I'm good. She's fine. Carson will complete the circle and has to fill in the middle. And Jeff will say that Carson will struggle to keep the puzzle together as he has a flimsy outside structure. And I'm like, this man is just trying to throw us off. If the outside was flimsy, the kid would not have done that. He would have used a different strategy. Um, Again, I bet he does not allow himself to proceed on this day until he completes a survivor puzzle every day. I guarantee you Carson wakes up and says, I'm going to do a puzzle and then I can go to NASA and be an astronaut. Can go to NASA. Carson, <laughs> down to three pieces. No one can gain ground. It's over. Carson wins immunity. He's automatically in the final form. Uh, so many, so many hugs, so much love from everybody. This really is a sweet cast. Yeah, and they're all like such good friends, I feel like. Yeah. Now, of course, it's time to pick who he brings on a reward. He will select Jam Jam. Did he make the make the right pick? How would you decide on a reward partner in this final moment? Billy? I think he made the right pick because I think leaving Jam Jam with um, two other people, I feel like Jam Jam strategically might have flipped, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it showed the bond that they had. I think I think you really have to think about like where you are in that moment in your game. Like, does it make more sense to bring somebody that's on the outs to try to convince them to, you know, use them as a number? Or does it make sense when you're in a majority alliance to just stick with your majority alliance so that they think everything's all kumbaya between the three of you? Which Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. probably his thought process, maybe a little on the side of, let me make sure Jam Jam's, you know, cool and not going to flip. Chad? Um, I think... I would have, there were two people I would have either taken. I would have either taken Jam Jam or Lauren. I would have either taken the other person that we'd heard their name thrown around so Mm -hmm. that they couldn't campaign while they weren't there or taken the person that I had any kind of inkling or worry that they might flip. That's fair. Jam Jam and Carson arrive at the sanctuary where good things happen. How long was the pasta sitting out there before they arrived? Would I be a diva demanding that the food be hot for my arrival? Well, in Survivor Australia, they won like frozen pizzas that one time. So yes, they sure did. They were like, we won pizza. We won frozen pizza. <laughs> so this is gourmet. <laughs> Carson says wearing the necklace and being in the final four feels amazing. And Jam Jam thanks Carson for the date of bringing him to the ball. Jam Jam is so happy seeing all the food. And I feel like I would feel the same when I win. Um, and everyone's going to be like, look, fatty alert. But it's okay. I like food. I'm a, I'm a foodie. <laughs> Jam Jam shares that they had the opportunity to discuss how they will go about tribal council. He, he will openly say that Carson is the biggest threat. Now, Carson is already throwing water on the fire, no pun intended, as he says that he gets that Carolyn played an idol, but questions if she is a threat. He's on to something, but Jam Jam says the way that she spins the story and discusses her Tika idol was interesting to hear and thinks people will like it. Jam Jam knows that despite her denying it, Carolyn is playing a big game. She's loud and crazy. She wants them to believe that she's not in control, but he knows that she knows exactly what she's doing. Carson thinks the jury likes the idea of an underdog, but thinks the Tika 3 has a better shot against themselves than they would against Heidi or Lauren. He says Lauren needs to go. He thinks Lauren has played a great game as an 
In addition to winning community twice, she has played a game building bonds and friendships. She has a lot of friends on the jury and could get a lot of jury votes. Now Carson will tell Jam Jam the plan will be the four vote for Lauren as he doesn't see why anyone would go any other way. The only way for Lauren to survive is if she has an idol. Jam Jam thinks Carson not wanting to vote Carolyn is a big mistake, but Carson is stuck on Lauren, so that's what he's going to do. He hopes it won't bite him in the ass. Let's visit our ladies in the loser's lounge. Heidi's going to stir the pot and out of the gate, ask Carolyn why Carson took Jam Jam over her when she saved Carson. And it's like, I see what you're doing there. Very aggressive, but I see it. Um, Heidi is the candy muse of this cast. (laughs) (laughs) I also want to take a moment right now and tell you that as I was writing this, I wrote Carcelin. So there's that. Oh, I like that. Carcelin. Naming my first um, Sorry, Jam Jam. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to throw you in there, but Carcelin. Anyway, Carolyn doesn't know and will ask Lauren what she thinks. Lauren thinks they are working closely together and knows it's going to be her. She knows having two immunity wins and a reward with allies in the jury, people that want her, there are people that want her out. And I have to ask, um, again, was it the edit? Like, who, aside from what we see now, why didn't we not have to get a good edit here for Lauren? Like, why was she so invisible until this end game? Good question. I honestly don't know, but like just the fact that everybody wanted her out so strongly and said that she would win. I mean, she, there has to be something we missed, right? I mean, there's got, I mean, is there a world in which I was completely wrong on Jamie and she was actually a better player than she was? Mm, I don't think so. I think I'm right there. I love Jamie. Um, she was very entertaining, but I don't, I don't think her, I think her edit was true to what her game was. Yeah. I feel like we started to get bits and pieces of Lauren's gameplay and like her strategy and her social game at the very beginning of the season mm-hmm, when she was mm-hmm. more in jeopardy. But then as soon as the merge hit, she just kind of disappeared while we took out all of the alpha threats. Right. And she never got the edit back. Mm-hmm. Lauren knows all the votes will be on her unless she comes up with something. And in this moment, basically both Carolyn and Heidi were like, girl, go look because you're right, it's you. So Heidi will offer the opportunity for Lauren to come up with a plan to get out Jam Jam, but she doesn't know as she was left out of the previous vote if it would work. This prompts Carolyn to ask her what Jam Jam told her the last vote. And Lauren says the vote was for Carolyn according to Jam Jam. This is going to make Carolyn perceive to have a moment of disloyalty toward Jam Jam, but let's be real. Again, the bond was too strong to break. It was all for edit. Carolyn says that she felt solid with Jam Jam and Carson, but thinks perhaps they are, in fact, closer and might be up to something. She thinks that even if the possibility is 1%, it still scares her. Um, Lauren, she's going to note that Jam Jam is in with everybody, and she's right, as we will learn. Carolyn will pile on and say, look at him at Tribals, where everyone is laughing and loving on him. Is that the key now, to be a good contender in this game is to keep Jeff and friends laughing. We know that works in drag race. Um, and it might've been what won someone last season. Uh-huh. We don't talk about him. Um, anyway, Lauren will be like, are you going to let him pick? And Heidi is like, are you comfortable going with jam? And Carolyn is like, yeah, I don't feel like I owe them anything. Um, now, of course, we will hear Carolyn say that if Jam Jam is putting her name out there, everything changes and maybe she will vote for him. Obviously, again, for edits. 
Obviously, this was part of their master plan to give off smoke screens. But watching, of course, the pit in your stomach worries them about a move that could happen that would blow up the rest of the season. Um, if the two of them turn on each other at this moment, would you be okay with any other outcome of the season? If they had turned on each other? Mm-hmm. Um, well, because in that moment, it would have been Jam Jam would have left. So that would have left the three of them, the three women, and Carson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we would have had a final three women. Probably. That's, that's what I would have think would, would have thought have happened. And in that case, I think Carolyn would have won. I don't know. Like I was, well, I mean, we'll get to the final tribal, but yeah, we'll, we'll hold that thought for later. Carson and Jam Jam return and Carson says it was yummy. I love his just yummy peanut butter <laughs> jellies. He's very, very, he's a child. He's still a child. Yeah. Jam Jam senses from Carolyn that she might be mad. And I mean, let's be honest. He knows her inside out and she can, he can tell something is amiss. As she hugs him, he asks if she's mad and she just wants to smell his breath again. Um, <laughs> you two played a game together. I know it was not 20 <laughs> days. Did either of you ask to um, smell each other's breath? Absolutely not. Is this a funny quirk or is this disgusting? I can't tell. I, it's fucking disgusting. These people have been in 20 plus days and you want to smell their breath. Like what? Like for the chocolate cake? I don't know. It's a no for me. I'd rather starve than smell anyone's uh, breath. I feel like yeah. this time it was because she had already done it before. Because she mentioned in her confessional before, she was like, was it disgusting? Absolutely. Should I have done it? Probably not. But then because she'd already done it, she's already developed this character quirk and was like doing it for show at that point, I feel like. Again, it's these two. No one else could get away with it. Then it would be like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Jam Jam notes that everyone is looking at him sneaky and he is worried. He will call out the awkwardness and Carson and Carolyn sitting on the side will discuss the only hopes about being an idol find. Carson will say to the group that Lauren, Sans Lauren, that he will be voting for Lauren no matter what. As looking at the jury, there's no logic. But then Carolyn's like, we need some Tika on the jury. That was a joke, right? Right? I feel like she probably considered it. You can't make that comment if you're not feeling safe. Fair. I mean, yeah, it was very brash. Well, this is going to get Jam Jam to be like, I'm the other option. And Carolyn's like, that's a good possibility. And Carson is still talking, completely unaware that his island parents might be having a fight right next to him. (laughs) Um, Wonderful, wonderful timing. Jam Jam thinks he might be in trouble and confesses to Carson that things are weird. Carson thinks something might be up because Lauren won't even talk to him. He's never seen someone give up like this unless she is something. Carson notes that if Carolyn and Heidi are dumb enough to take Lauren, there's the game. So Carson will finally admit that Carolyn is difficult to work with because she's unfiltered and causes paranoia. He's got a moment now that maybe voting out Lauren isn't the best option. Carson will be the kid genius and have the plan to have Lauren vote for someone else just in case there is an idol. Jam Jam will have to get Lauren to be convinced that he and Carson will vote out Carolyn. It could be a better plan than letting Lauren vote for Jam Jam. Jam Jam says he is okay if Carolyn goes instead of her, though. It's coconut chopping time. Jam Jam will cut the tension with that machete and straight up ask Lauren if they were talking about him. No pause. She says, yeah. It's her, him, until he is like, can we change it? 
I'm convinced. He says, I'm conv- I've convinced Carson to get Carolyn and they'll be fine. Lauren says that she'll vote with him, but she knows that both Cars- Carolyn and Jam Jam are throwing each other's name out there, so she doesn't know what to believe. She thinks their bickering is like family fighting as they can fight, come back together as they have a bond that is deeper than the actual fighting. She thinks deep down inside they are one big Tika family, so she is back on the hunt for the idol. She keeps thinking about her family and how her sons told her finding an idol is like playing hide and seek. She is finding, and they the idol is the seek. Um, She's going to fight. She's not going to give up. Will she get it? She was mighty close to that tree, but they're not going to see it. Um, why, 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 why did we have this moment? Was this just a last hurrah for Lauren? Do they want to throw us off the scent? Yeah, I think so. And it's also like her lack of edit. So let's add a little icing to that and make it seem like, I don't know, there's more going on. Back with Carson. Jam Jam is unsure if Lauren believed him and Carson has a feeling Lauren has something. So now Carson's like, should we do Heidi? She could win the last immunity. And Carson, don't put it out in the universe if you don't want it to happen. Manifest it. Mm-mm. Heidi will now again ask Carolyn if she's legit with them. She says she's not kidding. With only five left, it's still up in the air, but Carson thinks he could be anyone but himself. All right, we're going to get to our first tribal of the night. The jury seems very happy to see Carson with the idol. Um, was this because they think he's going to be the winner or they just are happy to see anyone with an idol, uh, the immunity necklace? I think they were rooting for him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I feel like most people, because he felt like a younger brother to a lot of people or like a child to some of them, they were all, they were all rooting for him. <laughs> we will start with Carson, who was reminded that he cannot be voted out of this game. It's either winning or losing fire or getting to final tribal. As Jeff starts to ask Lauren about getting to four, she starts laughing, say it's not crazy or chaotic at campus. She thinks she's going home because there are three Tikas who are aligned and she has a target on her back once her girl Jamie left. Now she will say that no one came to speak to her. And um, Carolyn has Mrs. Kasha Davis sour cream face because like everyone watching, the statement was utterly confusing. What was she doing in this moment? I think she was attempting to like throw off Lauren any like even further in case she did have like something. But at the final five, that's the last time you can play it anyway. So why would but, you play it? But why would Lauren lie about knowing talking to her? Oh, um, I feel like I don't know actually. Like it felt I thought you were talking about something else, not that, but this. It felt very, it was a last ditch effort that just felt like a weird swing. Because everyone can refute it. Mm-hmm. Right. She thinks it's weird for her if she's going to go to jury that they wouldn't talk to her and cue the cacophony of, I did, I did, I did. Now she's like, oh, okay, they did talk to me, but not about what to vote for or who to vote for. I was like, oh, the backpedaling, not cute, not good, not a good look. Heidi will be like, we had conversations, and Carolyn is shocked and tells Lauren that she knows it's been hard with trust, but she took her aside and they made time to speak to her. Lauren will retort and say it wasn't like the conversations they would normally have. I'm like, what, what does that mean? Do you think this was a live tribal, or was Lauren just trying to stir the pot and try to drop a bomb on her departure? That, very that. I, I think she knew the writing was on the wall, and she gave like a 
monologue of like a goodbye speech before they even voted, which was That's like fair. beautiful and wonderful. But I was like, you're just nailing your coffin. Like pretend you have an idol, like do something. Yeah. Carolyn will be flabbergasted by Lauren saying there was no solid plan. And I would love to know how Lauren watching this back was able to keep a straight face being like, oh, this is bad. Jeff notes that something is off. So he asked Carson what he's missing. And Carson is unsure too, as he thinks there could be something at play. He says that Lauren not approaching him feels like maybe it was a facade. Heidi notes that anyone could have an idol and Lauren could be making a play. When Jeff asks if this is an elaborate ruse, she's like, we'll see. Jeff will say that it's a testament to the gameplay of the season that he doesn't even know what the truth is. Is it vulnerability meeting inevitability, or it's the biggest move about to happen, which cut to Danny is all he cares about is big moves, but we'll get to him and his goofy ass later. Jam Jam thinks it will be amazing to see something happen, but it won't be amazing for him to go home. He says there is one plan and a plan B and based on the reaction he got coming back, let's get real. Jam Jam thinks it sucks that it went down the way it did at camp, but hey, that's the game. He's taking it personally. Lauren says she knew coming in that if she didn't win, it could be it. Jeff says that if she is right to get to day 24 is pretty remarkable. Lauren is super proud as she cries. She thinks her boys will be proud of her as she was giving Franny vibes, winning two immunities and a reward. She feels like a boss. She is proud of who she has become and how much she has grown. She was killing it and never imagined being there. And of course, Jeffrey Popes will insert himself into the conversation as he says that he's always trying to find new ways to connect to somebody who thinks they might want to play. And her speech is the best inspiration to why to play. He likes the transformation line. Why is Jeff getting so in depth about getting people to apply during the actual airing of the show? There's, it's not like there's, they're, they're lacking people, applicants. Right. It doesn't make any sense because we all know that there's so many freaking applicants every season. So I, I don't know. I guess maybe just to try to prompt some people who are quote unquote scared to apply. I don't know. Why are you scared to apply? Your chances are like 0.00005% or whatever. So yeah, I don't know. it doesn't make sense. <clears throat> Lauren says that she is a single mom and didn't think she needed anyone to help her, but she realized she needed her raw two people and everyone to get to the end. If it wasn't for them, she wouldn't be there. She says that she and her kids don't need the extra. Me, I do need the extra all the time. She will say that she works hard every day to provide, but realize that you can survive off of very little and still be happy. She says the experience was life-changing and is thankful and grateful. Um, I don't think that I would go on Survivor, realize you can survive on the bare minimum and go back to the real world and be like, yeah, let me continue that threat. No, 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 no. I get my life back. I'm continuing. So she knew. We all knew. They're ready for the votes. It's time to vote and Jeff will return with the urn and Lauren will give us a little bit of a tease but alas, she found nothing. By a vote of 3-1-1, Lauren is voted out. We had Lauren vote Lauren votes from Heidi, Carson, and Carolyn, a Heidi vote from Jam Jam, and a Jam Jam vote from Lauren. Was it the right move? Based off of what they were implying of how her social game was actually played out, yes, it was the right move, because if she had gotten there, she could have spoken and swayed all of the friends that she already had to just giving it to her, but I mean, what we were shown as far as the edit, she did not play as strong as some of the others. So I would have taken 
I would have taken out Heidi in this decision, I think. That's what I was just about to ask, Billy. What about taking out Heidi? Was that would that have been a better play for the Tika three? That's where I would go as well. <clears throat> I also was confused why Jam Jam voted Heidi Rogue. Like, what was the thought process behind that? Because he kind of put himself, like, he could have voted himself out in that situation, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if more people, or at least got to a tie. Yeah, I don't some- know. I mean, like, I guess he must have been super, super comfortable. But I think, yeah, going for Heidi, based on my watch of the show, it looked like Heidi was more of a contender than Lauren. But obviously, everybody was terrified of her social game, which we just didn't know. But I was I was shocked they wanted Lauren before Heidi. Our final four arrived for the last immunity challenge of the season, and it's a classic. Carolyn has tears in her eyes, and of course, Jeff needs to know why. She says it's the dream of being there and not thinking she could. It's overwhelming. Oh, and a view. Jeff say the best for last. It's the greatest view in Fiji. Immunity is up for grabs as they will have one hand tied behind their back as they will drop a ball down a chute where it will spiral to the bottom. They will catch it and put it back in at regular intervals. They will add another ball, making it more difficult. If any point the ball drops, they are out. Last person standing wins immunity and is the final three. Plus, they have the power as they decide who is in the number two spot, as well as deciding who is making fire for the third spot. Obviously, we've seen this one before. We've discussed it before, but let's ask it again. How would you do in this challenge? Awful. Yeah, I, I don't think I could do it. I'm too anxious of a human being to have to like manage all of that going at the same time. Like, I think I'd be fine with the one ball. Cause that's just like do to do. But once you add a yeah. second and like, I don't think I'd even get to three, but yeah, I feel like anxiety wise, I would be out very early and be like mortified on national television. Can we 3d print this one? Can we all work on it together? Yeah, for sure. I would definitely not make it to three. There was no, like, I was shocked that they made it to four. I was like, yeah, they- what? They did it well. The challenge is on. The balls drop. It starts off simple, and Jeff says it's just the warm up. Um, do you think we've seen enough of this challenge? And I, I, I heard something you said earlier, Chad, that um, I think you're going to fight me on. But is it time to return to a classic endurance challenge for this spot? For the final spot, yes, absolutely. Like I know it's not exciting to watch, but there I will always go back uh, to Tom Westman. Like that was fucking exciting. No, I agree. Well, and I think if they if they have to limit the number of endurance comps that they do prior to it, prior like, to it, absolutely put that back because it's just such a like, yeah, it's just so exciting and like I don't know from a viewer perspective. Plus, an endurance challenge is an equalizer. It's like like a puzzle is an equalizer mm-hmm. because it's something that any person of any physical level can do if they're mentally in the place to do it. I agree. I agree. So it puts everybody at a more even playing field. This is reflexes. This is like mental capacity. Go back to season one. Put your fucking hand on a pole. I would rather watch that because there's something about the human condition and fighting through the pain that just seems more of a fight than this. Yeah, but I mean, if you want to really put them through pain, do like Australia, where you have to stand on two small blocks barefoot while holding onto the pole. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, and just like the conversations, like I think back to, um, was it season four with like Vesepia and they like 
she gave she threw the fi- the final four immunities and they made a deal like that was so cool and exciting and fun like that sort of stuff well that's going to go back to something we're going to discuss in a bit because there was something in that world that um didn't didn't exist at the time but we'll, we'll we will get there i know where we're going uh-huh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right everyone makes it to the second ball the focus is on carolyn screaming with jeff reminding her left right left right um again this is about spacing we all know that the three of us we're not going to be good about this so i'm not even going to ask what your strategy would be here besides just don't fuck up we're going to hear the music get scary and it looks like carolyn is about to drop but alas she saves it in the last moments and then a moment later she's out because one tiny mistake we have carson heidi and jam jam as they add the third ball the intensity kicks in heidi is like a catcher jam jam carson playing it very calm we're going to move on to the fourth ball. All three have left, and we're going to see our first casualty now of calmness. It's Jam Jam. Down to Carson, Heidi, and in the end, the ninja skills of Heidi will prevail as Carson drops. Heidi wins individual immunity for the first time this season. Now, Heidi will be told that she is automatically in the final three. She will get to decide who she will bring with her and who will make fire unless she makes fire. It would be a big move, and she tells Jeff that immunity necklace helps but helps her, but making fire and winning it is the cherry on top of everything. She hasn't made up her mind, but she is confident. Do you think she already has in mind? At that moment, no. Yeah. I don't think okay. so. She probably wanted to see what other people's skill sets were before really solidifying that decision. That's fair. All right, we're going to get back to camp, see the fire making prep. Also, note, as they are leaving and walking down the stairs, they are still strapped in. When do they get to free their hand? <laughs> These are the things I want to know. Production wasn't allowed. That platform had nowhere for production to hide. That's they had fair. to go That's down fair. the stairs. That's fair. <laughs> all right. Heidi's congratulations as they all hug it out. She knows that winning feels amazing, and she's pretty sure that none of the Tika members saw it coming as the odds weren't in her favor. We're going to get a shot of the four sets of fire making kits for them to practice with. Um, how much time do you think they have before that last tribal? Well, the challenge would have been in the morning. So they probably had at least like two or three hours. I was thinking okay. even more. I was thinking like four, five. Mm-hmm. Um, because it didn't look like they had that much to work with. Right, it was very limited. Now let's get not be results oriented. Let's say in the moment, you know your neck is on the line. You see the supplies. What do you do, Chad? As far as like trying it, mm-hmm. oh, I immediately start trying. In the open, privately, where do you go? I mean, if I'm a person that I think would be potentially set up to do the fire i don't want anybody knowing if i can or can't do it okay because it would influence whoever's going to be making that decision on whether or not to put me if they think that if they've thought of me as a a strategic or like a social threat of any kind throughout the game they're going to want to get rid of me because they don't want me to go against them in the jury speeches so keeping that little bit of mystery of whether or not that I'm good or not could be the one thing that they, that they're like, I don't know if I want to go get, if I'm going to be making it, I don't know if I want to go against him because he might be faster. So I would not be doing it in front of anyone. Billy. 
I guess it really depends on my skill abilities. Like if I'm like a fire boss, like I'm going to flex on everybody and show that I'm really good at it so that they don't want to choose me. But I think like, I don't know, something that kind of hasn't been done before is to kind of like act like you're fumbling the ball and can't make fire, but you actually really can. But it's also like doing it in front of other people. I feel like there's an added aspect of pressure. Like I'm sure everybody's practicing at home by themselves in their backyards. That's that's when it's easy. When you get to the moment where people are watching you and there's higher stakes, obviously there's a pressure component. So I think practicing in front of people has a little bit of a benefit too, but you really have to know your own abilities and be able to either flex on them or act like you aren't as strong as you really are. That's fair. Heidi will ask who wants to make fire. Jam Jam was like, sounds like you want to make fire. And she's like, I'm considering it. Jam Jam will say that he likes making fire, but she's like, let's all practice. And that was our first help. We will see Carson alone with his fire making kit as he says it sucks not pulling through in the very last challenge. Uh, the twink is in his feels. He is trying to be optimistic as he knows he's the biggest threat. So he's trying to be as prepared as possible to go against whoever he knows he's going to be making fire. He will admit that he is not very good at making fire and he will start to cry in confessional as he tells us that he was able to make fire in three minutes at home. I got to ask real fire, or 3d printed fire. <laughs> Hopefully. Real. Um, also he said three <laughs> minutes and this happened before the fire making. So he was very good at it, but we'll get there. The kid is struggling. He hasn't gotten a flame yet. And it's time for the vulnerability. The judges are looking for. He says that he is struggling with self-confidence as he also struggled to pull through. He says it's heartbreaking to fail at the very last second as he thinks he will win the million dollars if he got to the end. He says it's hard to think that he didn't get there because of his insecurities. He will not give up and won't let his own self get in the way of his success in the game. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the beach, Inner Saboteur. <laughs> She's here, we visit Jam Jam on a rock working on fire, and he thinks it will be best in, best for his resume to have a fire win. He says it's something that everybody sees you do and not something you tell the jury about. They are watching. He wants it to be his hero move. He thinks it's emotional to think about making fire against someone from Tika. So Carolyn will join him, who says they talk about Carson being a big threat, but how does she know Heidi thinks that? Carolyn doesn't know what will happen, but she thinks Jam Jam can make fire well. Carolyn tells us that she has been making fire for the last five years, practicing for the day. Is she good? She thinks she is. But she didn't want to rattle the tribe and practice until now. Is that a good strategy? To not make fire for 29 days and then like hope you can still do it once you're in the moment? I mean, I feel like, like we saw her making fire throughout the season. Mm -hmm. Or like at least tending the fire. So she wasn't yeah. comfortable around it. Again, That's I think she just knew her own capabilities so well that she didn't need to, you know, show that skill. Jam Jam hopes that Heidi will pick herself and thinks he and Carolyn are good competitors. Carolyn will beat Jam Jam at fire on the rock. And of course, they're going to bicker because that's their relationship. Um, it was cute. But Carolyn wants to win fire because it will show that she pretty much struggled at everything but succeeded there. Carolyn says that Carson is the master of feeding the fire. Jam Jam is the master of the quick start. Jam Jam feels comfortable, so is Carolyn, but we saw Carson making fire day one, and his words, he no good. So let's get to the scene that actually had me welling up. 
We're back with Carson and Jam Jam is advising him how to make fire. This is the hero moment that Jam Jam wanted but didn't know it would turn out like this. He will tell Carson to shave it like chocolate and not like a piece of meat as we flash back to Carson on day one, really failing to make fire, his words. Jam Jam says that he doesn't want to see Carson fail in front of everyone as that's not what friends do. And that's kind of when I lost it. How can you be so selfless this close to a million dollars? Brilliant. You know, shows how good of a person he is. Like, because I, that that's the last thing I wanted was for, Car- like, I was just like, Carson, like, I don't want you to, like, not get a flame. Like, that's all I, I just get mm-hmm. a little fire. Like, yeah. He's a Carson says that Jam Jam could be the person going against him at fire, but knows that his heart is in the right place, making him feel good because he doesn't know if he'd do it for someone else. Carson will struggle, so Jam Jam literally will go to him like a dad teaching a son to ride a bike and guide him through it. And that's when I was completely gone. It was probably one of the most touching moments the show's given us in 44 seasons. I agree. Yeah, in a in a very long time, it's definitely something that like was yeah. not it did not feel like fake or staged or Mm-mm. anything. Like it was a legitimate, genuine moment of someone just trying to be the better person and be a good person. Now I I, I know this is like projecting, and I know that how I would be in the moment. If you are a camera person who's been out there with these people the entire time as well and saw this moment, do you have to be stoic or could you show a little emotion as well? Like I could not be there and not feel emotion. And I was watching it on TV. I feel like they definitely are. So they're invested at that point. They're probably emotional too. I also thought that based on this, we were going to get a jam jam versus Carson. Yeah, me too. Jam Jam will give Carson a pep talk as he tells us that he struggles seeing people suffering and seeing Carson do well and be so strong and then give up in the end. He wouldn't wish that on anyone. He wants Carson to go out giving everything he has in him. If it means teaching him his tricks and he wins over him, is it a bad move? It's not important to him. He wanted to do it. Carson doesn't know why Jam Jam was helping him, but he appreciates it. Jam Jam tells him that they've been there for each other since day three, and there's no reason why that should stop. May the best Tika win. Carson says that speaks to Jam Jam and how the the game goes beyond the money. I mean, let's dissect it. Would either of you do this in the situation? No. Um, I would probably be the Carson in this situation. I would be struggling. I've never made fire. I've never tried. So I would probably be having a very like bold anxiety attack because I know I would be the one going in um, because I'd be the easy target to take out. And I feel like that's what he's feeling. Um, If I were better at making fire, I would like to think I would try to help someone, but I don't know in that moment if I would be empathetic and be like you can do this or if i would be like no sorry it's all on you you gotta figure it out was this the moment that carson no matter what had to vote for jam jam over carolyn i mean Um, that they also had like a really strong bond that was i don't know it's hard 
kind of, I don't know. I can't, I, I don't we have We also answer. don't know that during this time, Carolyn might have given him pointers as well. We just didn't see it. Fair. Because we needed something to support why Carson would vote Jam Jam over Carolyn if it came to that. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's that's very true. Heidi will have her hand at fire as the other three look on. She says the game is about calculated risks. She feels comfortable with her skills, but knows someone could be faster than her. She has seen Jam Jam make fire and look solid. She says Carolyn thinks she's decent. She has no idea about Carson, but allegedly he's an Eagle Scout. Um, and friend of the Pod Scouts on her called Bullshit. Is he actually an Eagle Scout? Do we know if that's true or not? That was never, never revealed. If he yeah, is. we haven't heard that. Um, but selling pillows was never revealed either. But apparently he, he does a lot. Of things. <laughs> um, sure, he was selling pillows before episode one. Like I, someone's got to find out for us, please. Because if that's the case, and Michael does not already own his like literally. pillow, <laughs> literally. All right, Heidi thinks if she wins fire, she will have the best chance to win the million dollars, but she has to win the fryer first. Would her husband tell her to do it or not be silly? So many silly gooses this season, but she's going to trust her gut on a million dollar decision. Our final four arrive and the jury is gagged to see Heidi with the necklace. <clears throat> All of the power sits with Heidi as Jeff reminds them that they did some motion, the classic survivor challenge <clears throat> that anyone could win. She beat out Carson and she has a spot in the final three, but she told him that she would consider giving up her spot. <clears throat> so what did she do? She contemplated it more and says that they started practicing and saying that it, she is still deciding. She's weighing her options as she hasn't told anyone what she's doing. So let's hear our pitches. Jam Jam's pitch was complicated because he likes making fire and is a pyro. How did he get past Psych? <laughs> <laughs> You're not only giving a man a machete, you're giving a man the opportunity to burn down the entire jungle of Fiji. (laughs) But he also wants to be safe. He says that they talked about the possibility of winning fire could mean to any of them. Carolyn's pitch says a lot of people came forward wanting to make fire when Heidi proposed the offer because of how it may look in the end. She says that they all felt pretty confident to which Carson's like, nah, not me. His pitch was he was not comfortable and he was being honest. He can do it, and he made it, but he's in his head. The pressure is on. But his pitch was to put herself in the position to go against someone who has been in control. He says if he were in her position and played her game, he would put himself up there. Very dismissive, but he's not entirely wrong. So Heidi comes in hot, saying that she knows that winning fire is another bucket list item for her resume. She doesn't want second, third, or fourth. She wants sole survivor. So it's time to find out what she will do. Not making fire in the number two position is Carolyn. And she hopes she enjoys it. Carolyn will lick her lips. She doesn't have words. She didn't expect this as the kid in fifth grade who was separated from the rest of the class for not shutting up and being weird. And people said, you can't be normal. So Jeff will try for his RuPaul Emmy and ask her what she would say to the little girl who was called weird. Pull out that picture, Jeffrey. Let's do it. Carolyn laughs and says, it's okay to be you as that was your goal coming into the game. She says to think that she is there without trying to hide herself or be a different person. She knows she doesn't need to hide in real life or there. She learned a lesson that she is okay. Exactly who she is. We're going to, we're going to get the pictures at some point, aren't we? I mean, we're already inserting them in flashbacks. They're coming. They're coming. Heidi will share that one of the people to make fire will be Carson. And Carson says the pressure is scary and he will do his best and it's all he can do. He has the test if he can pull through himself. One person making fire. Will it be her? 
Jam Jam. Heidi reveals that she will in fact make fire against Carson. She wants to be against a great player. She's taking a chance and wants one um, and thinks she'll have an easier time convincing the jury if she can take out Carson. Jam Jam couldn't believe Carolyn was speechless, but feels the same way. He never imagined he would be in the position to talk to the jury. All right. Let's discuss this for a second. Was this the best decision for Heidi? And I want to add on to that. If part of what she wants to do is beat the best and Carson's play the best game, but we know Carson's the worst at fire, is it a bigger risk to beat someone who is better in fire? Or is it almost like this is a guarantee and she just wants to be in the final three? Was this the best move? It was a flashier move for her to step up and say, I'll make fire. But because of what we've seen and like saw her, how quickly she started fire, how what they've shown of the struggle that Carson was doing with fire, this was an easy target for her to just be able to make the move, but still be safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would have spoke louder if she challenged Jam Jam. I agree. Or Carolyn, for that matter. Yeah, either one. But I feel like they showed Jam Jam making fire more. Yeah. Than- it's time. Heidi versus Carson fire. Carson will give her a hug before he takes the blue seat as Heidi stood strong on the red seat. She was not moving. She was like, this is the seat. This is the good luck seat. Everyone else fucks up on the other one. Um, there's really not much to discuss as this was literally over in a flash. Uh, they could have actually put the entire fire making in the edit if they wanted to. Heidi will not only beat Carson, she will break the survivor record and made it in three minutes, two seconds. Here's my thing. I know why Jeff wants this to be in here, but I think if you want fire, force the split vote. I think we need to abolish the fire-making challenge. By his standards, the strongest player was eliminated because of fire, which Mm -hmm. is what he tried to prevent by having fire in there. Yeah, I agree with the split, the split vote for sure. That makes sense. But let's vote first. Because you can get a 2-1-1 and that's really freaking cool, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Why? Now, why is it in here? Let's take a moment. And if that would have been the case and still had the same four and had the same um, immunity winner, who would the others have voted? Right. It would have been super exciting. That's good TV. Yeah. Watching Heidi make fire in three minutes is not fun TV. <laughs> it is if you're a pyro. Like Jam Jam. I, I, I think, honestly, I think the person would have been, I think it would have been Carolyn. I think Jam Jam and Carson would have paired up and, and had to force Carolyn out. And I think that's where. Heidi's vote would have been or it would have been Heidi with one person and that person would have knocked out Carolyn fair I could see that I I think for what we will hear I think Heidi wanted to be the sole woman in that, on that final three as well in our ideal world mm-hmm. now Carson will share before he goes that his day was full of tears as he let it out. He wasn't confident in himself, but for him to have fire against the fastest fire maker ever, he is proud of himself becoming more self-confident. And that's why he's leaving what he's leaving there. Um, 
is it possible that how he was going in like maybe any other season he probably would have won fire against anyone else i mean he had a he got it he got the flame like fairly fast so i think he and then he didn't build up on it because it was over but that's the other thing too like we've talked about like the 3d puzzle making and stuff like people know final four fire so people practice and practice and practice Mm -hmm. before going on the show so i mean you can buy the kits exactly so it's another thing like where you might have practiced a little bit just for like a survival standpoint but not like a final four need to make final tribal i mean, I, I, wa- I watched jesse and johnny fairplay make fire against each other it was really cute obviously they they made it go a little faster because it's not that fun to watch um but you can <laughs> practice this is a way to practice but our final three jam jam carolyn and heidi all the power shifts to the jury one more beautiful night in fiji our sun rises at the final day. Jam Jam says, girl, I'm going to cry. He's scared of this test and Carolyn feels the same. Neither want to sound stupid, but Jam Jam hopes that Carolyn will sound stupider than him. Jam Jam says the biggest hurdle for him to win the jury. And we're going to segue into the new era of Survivor-esque um, sequence where the jury members are going to give their opinions on the final three. So let's hear what they have to say and see if you agree or if it swayed your thoughts on what the results could be. First off, we have Jam Jam. Haynes says that Jam Jam is a perceptive player who can read body language from a mile away. If you fart at the water well, he knows him. He says he made himself a part of everybody's plan to the point where he could not get him off the plan. Matt says that Jam Jam played the middleman and had a relationship with most people and was able to straddle the line brilliantly, so no one felt betrayed but benefited his game. And Brandon says that Jam Jam is absolutely hilarious, understands the game to a team. Every move that he made along the way was intentional. It was all deliberate. He put himself in a position where he had the option where he could decide what he wanted to do and took advantage of it. All right. Not the three people I thought would talk about Jam Jam, but what did you think about their assessments of Jam Jam? I mean, I thought what they said was exactly what we saw. Mm -hmm. Um, So they very much supported what the edit of Jam Jam for the entire season gave us. Um, but yeah, I did not expect those to be the three people to talk about him. Yeah. I As agree. the final feast arrives, Jam Jam tells him not to drop it. And now we're going to move on to Heidi. Carson says that Heidi killed it as she put herself in a vulnerable position to take him out. Fastest fire making ever in Survivor. For her to pull through at the very end gave him more of a reason to vote for her. Danny says that Heidi made a huge move as Carson was the king. You take a shot at the king, you best not miss. Heidi didn't miss, so that makes her the queen. And Sandra's like, fuck you, bitch. And Jamie (laughs) says that Heidi never gives up and is such a strong woman. She says if she can articulate how she ensured her safety every single time, she will get her vote. Um, Obviously, the editors had to put Carson in this one because they could not allow him to talk about the other two. Um... I knew Danny, no matter what, was voting for Heidi. I, that one was set even before they, anyone sat down. Jane? Wait, what? She, she, for her, she wanted how she ensured her safety. That's what she wanted from Heidi? That's the, that's the question she wanted out of her? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know if I I'm like being results-oriented, a- but I feel like it was kind of dismissive, this entire chat about Heidi. Yeah, I feel like these were producer-fed. These ones felt a little bit more producer-fed than the ones for Jam Jam. Carolyn is worried worried and getting tripped up because of all the stupid self-loathing. It will be her downfall, to which Jam Jam is like, let me do that for you. She says that's 
uh, he gets when he talks emotional. And now we get a bookend of sorts, as Carolyn will ask the producer if he remembers day one when they interviewed her and he tells her that they're on day 26, it's full success. Did she think she would make it this far? She didn't think she would even make it the merge. I kind of loved that moment. I thought them keeping this moment, she was about to like somehow pull out the win. Me too. And I was like living for it. Because <laughs> wasn't I just the first one they showed this season? Yes, before the season started. Yeah. yeah. They showed her and Jam Jam in the, the trailer for the season. And them had these like funny sound bites that everybody's like, okay, these two whack jobs. Right. And then the literal are. beginning of the season was this confessional, not even like people off the boat yet. It was her. Yeah. I mean, listen, you cannot win a season and still be a star. Absolutely. Let's hear what they have to say about Carolyn. Franny says that she believes you can be an incredibly intelligent strategic player and a player who plays with a lot of motion. That is what Carolyn did as she used her motion as an advantage. Lauren says that Carolyn was such a great player authentically as herself. Who has played like her before? Carolyn. As she says, she is self-aware of that. She will get her vote. Jamie says that Carolyn was all over the place in the most masterful way. She let them believe she didn't know what she was doing when she knew what she was doing every single conversation, and that's brilliant gameplay. Why did Jamie get the two talking points over everybody else? She was the one who got twice. Jamie? I think they felt bad that she had convinced herself that she had a real idol for the entirety of the season. Um, so they gave her a little, they threw her a little bone and let her talk twice. But this one, I actually believed that she had said. Yeah, this one made sense. Yeah, I think everything that the three of them said is things we've either heard them say before or we're going to hear them repeat later on. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, again, knowing what the eight people said about these three people going into this final tribal, did you get swayed at all? Did you have a pick of who was going to win? I was Tika Strong the whole time. So I was like, I wanted, or I was, I was voting. If I were in the situation, I was voting either Jam Jam or Carolyn, no matter what. Um, nothing that Heidi had really done throughout the rest of the season was really what really swayed me on how well they made it there. So I, I wasn't really swayed by what the jury had to say at that point, no. I think I just thought it would have been <clears throat> very close vote. I did too. Um, because there were there, and we'll get to it. There were a couple people relationship wise that I didn't think Jam Jam had as close of a bond with because we just didn't see it. Like Brandon, I was like, did the two of them ever really have a meaningful conversation? <clears throat> Carolyn needs to talk from the heart and can't overthink it or she'll drive herself nuts. Jam Jam says this is what million dollar costs so here are our final thoughts from our jury franny says that everything is riding on this final tribal and she doesn't want anyone to sit back and feel like their game has spoken for itself because it hasn't matt says that season 44 was an absolute banger of a season and his vote will be going toward the person who saw opportunities and smashed them out of the park brandon wants to see fireworks he wants to see people who are hungry for that million lauren wants him to be confident in their individual game and don't rely on anybody else Jamie is hoping the gloves come off and they get to see everyone's true colors. Danny says this is going to be Tyson versus Holyfield as there is no way to predict this. Carson says that his vote is on the table, but they're up 
they've got to grab it. And Kane wants to see Sword and Shield as this is a fight for a million dollars and he's ready to watch the fight of his life. Remember the Sword and Shield when those were immunity um, idols? Remember the entire like opening sequence we got of Kane playing with the sword <laughs> and bending it? <laughs> Here we are, final travel count. So day 26 and the power shifts to the eight people they played along. We know how travel works, but this time Jeff has learned that the stupid sections of social, physical, and strategy are really just too rigid. So he's going to to allow them to be fluid as he knows they are going to overlap. Um, why? Because that's how you play a good game of Survivor. Everything overlaps. Um, but yet, yet later on, he's still going to try to section everything off because it's not going the way he wants it to. Do you notice that? That he's like, no, talk about the physical things. Physical things. Yeah, none of the jury wanted to. I really miss the old way they used to do it where everybody stood up me too so much i mean i also feel like him like pushing the physical i was like these were not free physical players these were not free people who utilized or relied on anything physical if you wanted a physical player to be at the end you should have put some shit in there for brandon and danny to win for them to get there but you did it and so there's not really physical people left I almost wish if I go on the show that I will have support that if I do decide to do a Sue Hawk or Corinne (laughs) moment that people would be behind me and be like, thank you. Um, But I just don't know if we can do that in this era anymore. I know it's turned very. uh... How are we supposed to have sound clips for drag artists? Can you imagine a little survivor drag number? I would love that. Uh, Reese Havoc. Go watch Reese Havoc. She's got it. Oh, really? I'll have to look at that. Elise Navy Dad. Yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. They exist. They're really good. Really, really good. Um, All right. Kane is going to kick them. He tells them they are all very proud of them and says their votes are up in the air. Bullshit. He says for him to vote for them, they need to explain their game to him and convince it was unapologetically better than the other two people. His first question is, what do you think is their perception of them And do they think it's accurate? I think for these three people, that was a good way to start this conversation. Jam Jam. That was a good question. It was a good question. Jam Jam will say he thinks they love him. He gets the laugh. He will say that they perceive him as a happy-go-lucky person, which he is. He believes they perceive him as someone who loves this game and makes moves, which is also true. He says the biggest perception of him, which is the wrong perception, is that he was following Carson's steps all the way. He says they did an alliance day three with Carolyn, and the perception was they were a disaster, but they knew who the target was every time. Now, Heidi is going to interrupt, and I think this is where I lost Heidi, as she was just very aggressive and I think she talked at the jury and not to the jury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. thousand percent. It was it was very off-putting. Heidi will say that toward the beginning of the merge, they were riding a little bit of the soak on the members, to which Jam Jam says it wasn't like that. He says that's what they wanted them to perceive. And we know it's fact based on Carson's giant head nods, which he will do quite often this entire tribal. He says they wanted them to perceive that they were willing to go along with the target they chose. And Jam Jam says he knew every person's vote every time they went to tribal. Now that Heidi gets her turn, she will say that perception of her varies throughout the game. 
She says when they started the merge, she thinks the perception was that she was very much into the strategy. When she got into the hole and lost her Soka numbers, she was, she says it was probably, well, Heidi is no longer strategic and riding everyone's tail to survive. But within that hole, she was really trying her best to be strategic and integrate her game to where she was. And then the very end, she used everything she could to put herself in the best position so she could give them a good speech. Okay. Fine. I just Not what like, the edit showed. Right. And I feel like she was focusing so much on like, like I'm, I'm strategic. Look at me. I'm strategic. And that was like, it, I feel like being strategic normally speaks for itself. Right. You don't have to like do this about it. I don't know. I just, I and literally Carson's going to destroy that narrative later on. Right. Carolyn. We'll say that right away, she didn't fit in. She was a little quirky and different. Then she found Carson, who they connected over genuine realness and him saying he was that quirky kid and that was day one. And then she found Jam Jam and said, how in the heck did he get on her tribe? Because they are so similar and he is so much and she is so much. But as far as perception goes, she knows she was looked like, girl, who is this? And she was underestimated the entire game. She was playing, but she was underestimated that sometimes it played into itself. Okay. I was like, but more, much more. Right. So Carson will speak out and say that he wants to give Carolyn and Jan Jan props as they were able to evolve themselves and make the relationships. And that is what he it was impressive to him. He will say to Heidi that he didn't get to really know her game as he didn't get to play with her as long. He wants to hear how she played the social game with the relationships she built. Heidi will say that they had four Soka members going into the merge, but the players that she was with had targets right away as they were all strong in some capacity. She will say the difference between her game and Jam Jam and Carolyn is they were on a high while she suffered. She says they were very different games and she is proud to say they made it there in a very different way. So she didn't answer the question. Danced around. Mm-hmm. Is it because she didn't have an answer or did she just come in there with this is my narrative. This is what I want to talk about. These are my talking points. I think it's more that she had taken the day and thought about all of these things that she wants to say. And she's like, it'll fit in somewhere. So I'm just going to say it wherever. Yeah. I don't feel like it was her attempting to dance around the question per se, but she just had these rehearsed statements that she was going to throw out, pick out of the hat, wherever they possibly could fit. Jam Jam will say that they were not always high as they took advantage of not being on a high. And there is that Carson head nod. He says that they took advantage of the perception that they were saving them while they were saving themselves. So Heidi will call out Carson for defending him because he was a lot of the brains. And Jam Jam is like, I was going to get there. Now, again, we all love Survivor. We like it from the beginning. We know how the show works. We know how the final tribal has evolved. If we were in the previous version, Carson would basically be mute this entire time. He wouldn't be able to help the other two along. Right. Is that fair? Should Carson have had that much of an impact on this tribal? I mean, it's fair for the realm, right? But like, I wish that it was, yeah, it was so much better before the one at a time. Like, and if then by the time it was his turn, he could have said whatever he wanted to say to defend whomever. But it, like you said, it would have been much smaller scale. He wouldn't have been like running the final tribal, you know. I mean, he he 
conducted this final with his head nods. He was helping the two of them along. Um, I almost wonder, like any other cast, would we have been okay with it? But because I think we love Tika 3 so much, we were like, yeah, yeah, Cars is part of this. Yeah. Um, in a way, he was like <laughs> he had the best final tribal. He did. <laughs> now, now Danny's going to chime in and say, with all due respect, he played his game compartmentalized and he takes pride in it and has so much, loves the game, has so much pride for it that if his mother was up there and she had a bad pitch, she's not getting his vote. So he wants to hear how did they use Carson as he is sure nothing they did was just going with him. Jam Jam says he used Carson to get a lot of information, but says he did it with a lot of them. He says he got to eat because of Carson taking him, and that was no mistake on his part. He says it's not a thing like he used Carson. He used everyone as they should have been coming for him, and they didn't. Carolyn says that his name was written several times, and he had to survive the first few tribals, and says he thought it was because he was pretty. Uh, Look at the charm coming to play again from Jam Jam. Now, Danny will ask. It was that statement, that statement of him saying that he used everyone to get to the end. Yeah, I that was the moment I was like, he's winning. That's fair. I think so, too. Danny will now ask Heidi who she used as a shield to propel her game forward. And we all know what this was. This was a fishing expedition. The tiny macho man needed to feed his ego. Heidi will say him because she truly thought they could work together and they did. And she knew he looked more physical fit than she did. So she knew he had a bigger target. So she 100% used him as a shield, but that doesn't take away from their friendship. And he's like, yeah, of course. And she now has his vote. He's locked in. Even if she said she murdered his puppy. (laughs) John Wick, really? (laughs) For the final tribal. Let's do it. (sighs) He brought that with him there. I just was shocked because I just didn't seem like the character that he is. Production allowed him to bring that to Fiji. (laughs) However, I will want, I do want to talk about Lauren's dress is the prettiest final tribal outfit I have ever seen. What would you wear for your final tribal if you were on the jury? Oh, I was like, I wouldn't be on the jury. I would have either been eliminated pre-merge or I'd been in the final tribal. Um, I like green, so I probably okay. would have worn green. Really, what about I, you? I would have worn a black tank top and like, like colorful shorts, like a bright blue with a black tank top. Okay, okay. I, I'd start deciding if I ever get on the show. I, I, I think I want to be a little fancy. I think I would like have a nice button up that's like got a cool print on it um probably khaki pants no shorts we're going with shorts it's gonna be too hot out there um things we got to think about because we're all going to be on the show one day right <laughs> we're the next two to three there it is all right <laughs> franny wants to dig into the social more as she says they talk about emotions as one of the one as one um and there is the emotional player, and the other end is the intellectual strategic player. She says you can be used both effectively in this game. She wants to understand how they manage their emotions, how they saw them as strengths or weaknesses. She wants Carolyn to start as she is open to saying she is an emotional player. And she's going to get emotional. And that's a good thing. She says when you're 
actively addicted. You hold things in and she didn't express herself as she didn't know how to express herself. She didn't know what emotions were until she went through treatment. And she says there is a spectrum of either strategic or you're emotional. You can't be both. There is no in between. She didn't want to do that because it was way too painful to go there and numb that. She says she knew there were times where they expected her to be emotional because she cries when she eats a papaya or they get rice or she gets a hug from Jam Jam, but she's so grateful as it was all real. She knows there were moments where she needed to needed people to trust her, so she faked the tears and then composed herself. It wasn't easy for her. I wish she leaned a little more into the addiction part. I mean, I know they all know the story, but tell us why it worked to get her there. Right. Like this question was definitely the the pitch to her to hit it out of the park and win over the jury and like really yeah. showcase how she played the game. She just kind of bunted it back. Yeah. Yes, I use sports references. You're welcome. I was just going to say, wow. Uh, yeah, I agree. I feel like the tugging at the heartstrings would have done wonders for her at that point. Yeah. Now, Jam Jam says emotions, which he has. His happiness, his love, his care, how does he use it in his favor? He doesn't want to offend anyone as his conversations were real, but he says that some of them were blank, calling out Jamie for being super blank and Brandon and Kane. He says to know if they were telling him the truth or not was by taking his time to build real relationships and see how their eyes twinkle when they were talking about their loved ones or food or work. So when they were lying or not telling the truth, the twinkle went away. He used their emotions when they were real and compared them to when they weren't real. It's why he's successful working with people. He says it was hard and scary to do it in English. I think this part was a little lost in translation and almost come, came across harsh, but I think they all understood what he meant when he wasn't meaning to insult them, calling them emotionless and blank. But right. that's the strategy that I would use. You have to know oh. someone to know right. when they're, to know when they're lying. And he articulated it in a way that I don't think anyone's really been able to do that on the show before. Yeah, he made it so concrete sounding. Like it was like... Well, what everyone ever says about it is like, I had a hunch, so I went with my hunch. This was his way of explaining what that hunch is. Is yeah. like being able to read someone's face changing when mm -hmm. they talk about two different things. Yeah. Heidi will use this moment to explain her game as she is worried she won't get to say things. So she's going to, she'll get to the emotions. Let's see if she does. Heidi says that why she's on Survivor is to represent people who sound and look different and girls who want to be in science. And with that comes a whole lot of responsibilities. Being Latina in science, she works with a lot of guys and has to keep her composure and has learned to control her emotions to be successful. She feels like she has been in the spectrum of emotion, but she has tried to control it to represent the best way she can for the people that she wants to show that they can do it. Lauren will thank her for doing that as she saw her controlling her emotion and that made her continue on, noting that she externalized or internalized it in different ways than the others. I think it worked, but also I don't know if Heidi is the best storyteller when it comes to telling her case. And this goes back to me thinking she was talking at them instead of to them. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, she she is a very articulate person. Yes. But I don't feel like... I feel like 
she went into the final tribal with her talking points of what she wanted to say and what she wanted to talk on and kind of disregarded or wasn't listening to the actual statements that were being made to her and was like, I'm getting across my story, but if they don't ask the question, I'm going to still say it. I agree. Yeah, it kind of came across that way. Unfortunately. Matt has less of a question, but more of a statement as he admires that they were all being themselves out there. He says they shared with all of them and that was hard for him to do. He is happy they get this platform to show off who they are. And that's all his time. Moving on. Ask a question, man. Yeah. I mean, I know this is all edited down. Like maybe he had another question later on or beforehand, but come on, use your time wisely. Help someone out here. They just wanted to get to the reunion so that they could actually talk to him. We'll get there. Uh, Franny wants to talk about the challenges and ask how they thought they would perform in the challenges because Jeff forced this moment to happen. Carolyn says that she is an athletic person in real life and thought she would do great. But it was one embarrassing thing after another, like getting stuck in a spider web, which was humiliating. She will say that she would hear Jeff's voice and had to tune him out, but she needed to hear it to keep going. Then she says that she got her letter where her son says that he hopes she's winning challenges and it broke her. She says it was so hard seeing herself failing at them, but at the same time, she wouldn't talk poorly about herself because she teaches him positive self-talk. So she just has to accept that she's not at the level and that's okay. Jeff will interject and say that he never sees it as humiliating as he sees it as someone who is giving everything they have. And he says that anyone, anyone who sits on home and talks smack about her and the spider web should come out there instead of sitting on the couch talking smack. Excuse you, Jeffrey. I sit at my podcasting station and talk smack. Thank you very much. <laughs> Heidi will say, seeing Carolyn try to try inspired her and wants to use it to inspire her kids. She says, you're not going to be good at certain things and you might struggle with certain things, but you keep trying and she is still there in the top three. Props to her. Look at this. I don't think we've had this friendly of a final ever. Yeah, it was very kumbaya. Do you think this helped Carolyn at all? Or, did, or at this point in the discussion, she was gone? I think she was gone at this point. Um, I think if Carolyn had been a bit more confrontational during this final tribal, she could have swayed people a bit more. Yeah. But because she sat back and waited for the questions, or at least that's the edit that we got, she didn't really, she didn't take the initiative to sway anyone or like really plead her case i mean earlier she basically was like i don't want to sound like a fool and i think that's what was holding her her back she didn't want to do that yeah i think she was too focused on that i was like i felt like franny was pro carolyn though i feel like she was oh i did too very outspokenly pro carolyn All right, Carson wants to dig into day 25 where she not only won immunity, but Heidi put herself in a vulnerable position to make fire. He wants her to talk about it as it was part of her physical game. She says that she is proud and she pulled through with that one as she was perceived as she had a good game, but doesn't have it in the bag. She thinks if she didn't go to fire, she never would win the game. Not that she's winning, but it gives her the best opportunity to plead her case as she thought Carson was the brains of what was happening. So she had to make a big move and so happened on day 25. Carson reminds her that she made fire the fastest in the history of Survivor. She didn't expect it, but she'll take it. 
she will now say that she wants to plug that they can make history because if they vote for her to win, she will be the oldest female winner. She wants to make even more history together. Can we also discuss how she was in pageant mode in her thinking of the questions and such? I'm like, I'm contestant number one, Heidi, and I am your Miss Survivor 44. Mm-hmm. It goes back to everything being pre-planned. It was very pageant. Very well. Do you, very think, well. Do you think her kind of being like, let's make history was too forced? Because we've heard juries in the past, after the fact, discuss that either A, they want to make history, or B, they want the winner to be a good representation of the season. Obviously, last season's a different conversation. Um, do you think this might have been her pitch to be like, remember how we probably talked about that one time? I do. Yeah. <laughs> we can learn a lot about Heidi about how to do a final tribal through Heidi and I think that's the thing where I'm taking the most out of this final tribal is either be authentically yourself or really make sure you're uh, uh, not going too hard mm-hmm. alright Franny we'll say that Jam Jam and Heidi made it through a lot of challenges they didn't expect to win how did it feel to perform in challenges differently than he expected Jam Jam says that the physical aspect of the challenge was super scary he is not a physical person but he's coming from a physical family as his father is a cyclist and his brother is an athlete of the year and playing every sport and he was just a kid who watched TV I felt so seen he had to channel them and that was what happened with the last gasp challenge he was doing everything he could do to distract from Jeff's voice, which he calls very supportive, but very annoying. He says if he wins, he will be the first Puerto Rican male to win. Um, I think that was kind of smart on his part to be like, okay, if she's going to play that game, let's play that game as well. Yeah. Um, I wanted Carolyn to be like, I'm the, the first recovering right. <laughs> addict to win. Literally. <laughs> like... um, now, Carson. We'll say that Carolyn had her name written down three times, the least out of every one of them up there. And she was on the right side of the vote 88.89% of the time. We love numbers. Did he have like the survivor wiki on his, um, uh, in his room? Like, how did he know this shit? Did he have a calculator? Is that smart? I think he's that smart. And he just was crunching numbers because he was bored out of his damn mind in Ponderosa. (laughs) Has anyone like fact checked it? Do we know this is actually the correct numbers? I, I, um, I haven't fact checked. I'm no, sure there is some I'm sure it's, fan out there. I'm sure it. it's like not entirely accurate. It's pretty freaking close. Yeah. All right. So Carolyn will say part of the strategy was putting her trust in Carson and Jam Jam. She says that some of their bickering was on purpose and they played it up, but a lot of it wasn't. She says it was a risk to work with Jam Jam. She was underestimated so much that when it came to finding an idol, nobody expected it. Plus, she didn't say a word about it. Jam Jam will point out that she didn't need to play the idol on Carson and she needed to trust him that Lauren and Jamie were going to vote the way they did. But Carolyn will say, does she trust Jam Jam? Yes. Does she trust Lauren and Jamie? No. She knew she needed Carson there to ensure that Danny went home. Now, Danny is like, oh, it's about me again. He wants to know how he logically got in her way. And she says that he was seemingly running things and controlling votes and coming up with plans as he was influencing Jamie, Lauren, and Heidi. She needed him out, and he will say, cool, well played. What a salty bitch. (laughs) I wanted her to say, well, when you didn't include me in the conversation with Brandon when we won that challenge, 
or when we were selected to go to the sanctuary and you completely neglected the fact that I was even here, that's when you became my target. You were my target for a long time. Like, that's what I want. I think if she, if they would have been able to have a day of rest where they were able to completely compose themselves and come in and talk and had a day 27 moment where they literally were just sequestered for an extra day, she could have composed herself enough to actually confront these people. Yeah. And Carson tells Jam Jam he voted 90% of the time on the right side of the vote, and he worked with him and saw how he controlled his own destiny. Can he explain how he continued to have control through the game strategically? He says the game is about getting to the end. If you don't get to the end, you don't win. And he knew there were people in his way. So he wanted to have the people who had the comfort of writing his name down, not there, because they were getting the good feeling of writing his name down again. He says it was with the help of everybody, but it happened because he wanted it to happen. His game was about knowing who we wanted to work with him and thinks, who thinks he was not a threat. He won a necklace, but he wasn't a threat because he made himself not a threat. He loves talking. He cannot go into a challenge and push the biggest block or jump the highest or do the best balancing. What he can do is talk in a way that people were comfortable and think he was there to have fun. But he was there to win and hopes he made his family and brother proud. His brother told him they picked him because of who you are. Be yourself. It's all he needed. That sealed the deal for me. That was his entire game. In a I was like, he had so many three, like he had three very specific moments that like, okay, they've kept us in because he's winning. Yeah. Because just the way he, this was almost like on the level of when Erica won season 41, she won it because of that final tribal. Nobody Absolutely. expected that she was going to win, but the way she controlled and composed herself, she won that final tribal. And this is the same thing that he's doing. Arson tells Heidi that she was on the right side of the vote 66.67% of the time. Oop. Uh, There goes that strategy talk. How did she navigate through the game strategically? She says her strategy was not to have ups and downs, but the way it happened, she had to keep adapting to survive. She will say the difference between some of the people here and herself is she is by herself and how will she control it? She will say that may, that may be part of the reason why she kept the idol a bit longer. So she hopes that they respect that she had to adapt and it hurt. She says you hit the high highs and it's awesome, but it's not until you hit that low low that you find yourself that the game goes way beyond money and it's about finding yourself in growth. She says she's been in the U.S. almost 20 years, but when she moved, she struggled as she couldn't speak English. That made her grow. Now, seeing that she's there living her dream, she's truly living the American dream. She says for those people that sound different, look different, want to be in science or girls, follow your dream no matter what age or who you are. Heidi will give Jam Jam a hug, noting that they grilled each other, but he says it's part of it. Jam Jam hugs Carolyn, and Jeff loves it because heartwarming. He says they did a great job. It's now time for the jury to vote. It's the new era, so the votes will be read live in Fiji by a vote of 7-1-0. Jam Jam is the sole survivor, winner of Survivor 44. Everyone voted for Jam Jam except for Danny. What did you think? Were you surprised that Carolyn got no votes? Yes. I was too, because I just feel like people really like she was just so likable throughout the season, or at least from our perspective. Um, I'm not sure what the player's perspective of her was, but I, I really thought she'd at, at least one, two. Like, I don't know. I, sh- I thought Franny was for sure voting for Carolyn. What on- made Franny turn then? Because I think you're right. I. What didn't she say? 
I don't, I don't think it was what she didn't say. I think it's what Jam Jam said. Okay. I think him acknowledging and saying like what, like looping back to me saying that that was what won it for me was him saying I controlled, I didn't just control this person. I controlled, I got this from you. I did all of this with you. I moved forward because of what I did with you. And I think that swayed a few people. And I think that was one that she was one of them. What's interesting to me is Jam Jam, unlike other winners, didn't articulate specific moments. Like we've had to have people like specifically say, this happened, I did this to you, blah, blah, blah. He was able to generalize everything and still get a victory, which I think is absolutely mind boggling, but also speaks to his game. It was about the social game. And in a way, Jeff Probst, this is why I'm inspired to play the game now, because I can see you don't need to be a physical threat. You can still get away with being a good person and authentically you and still win the game of Survivor. At the end of the day, it is a social game. Thousand percent. And he, I feel like he just demonstrated such good game awareness. That yeah. for me is what sealed the deal. Like he knew every, like he told a story from the beginning of Tribal to the end. He just, his game was so aware. Like it doesn't necessarily need to be the strongest game there, but if you're able to articulate and show that you were aware, like that's huge. And he was absolutely. All right, let's get to the pizza and champagne in the after show. Let's go through the highlights and lowlights before we begin. Do you miss the live show? Also, if they forced, if they are going to be forced to film on location, do you wish they would have a 24 hour um, moment to decompress and do it when they're all rested? I absolutely miss not necessarily them. for the reunion. I miss the the live show, yes, but like in this new era where they're reading it straight away, I don't think they need a day to decompress. Like just go straight in. It, um, they're at that point where they're just like, I just want to be done with it at this point. <laughs> it's, it's done, so I don't want to sit and like rethink all of the things that I did wrong. I think for not me, win if I'm not the winner. I do want the live reunion back in some capacity because you're basically saying to the pre-merge people, huh, you weren't important to our total story. Right. Right. I'm like, I wanted Claire there. Sorry. I was team Claire from the beginning. What about Matthew? That little moment of, well, team Matt, like exactly. Matthew should have been there. Um, all of the women that we just kept knocking out straight away at the beginning, they all should have been there. Now I want to, this is going to be a touchy Controversial thing. Obviously, we know a lot of this was because of COVID protocol. Now that, quote, COVID's over, um, do you think things might change? I do, but I'm also curious if, like, because people like us who just uh, analyze all of the little details in the edit, if they might try to throw us off of that by having the vote be live at the reunion after the season has aired. Like we see who the people are, we get to the live reunion and the people in the jury cast their votes based on what they saw on the show. Listen, if that were to happen, that changes the game completely. Oh, I know. Very much so. All right. Jam Jam will be toasted as he has to let it settle in that he just won a million dollars. One thing you win a million dollars. What's the first thing you're getting? Billy. Oh man. Um, I would probably pay off my mom's, my mom and dad's house would be the first like 
gut thing because I know that they struggle and that would mean a lot. So that would be my initial like first thing first. John. I know I'm like, mine's boring. I'd be practical and pay off all my credit card debt. <laughs> I am the mother. It would not asshole. be a huge chunk. It was like, it I be a am huge going chunk to of that. pay. I am paying for the VIP Disney park trip where you get on a private plane and go to every single Disney park in the world. That's what I'm doing. I didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> oh, yes, you can. It's part of the VIP Disney um, uh, Disney uh, adventure thing that they have. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The second they announced that is on my bookmark on my computer and just waiting for that million dollar victory on Survivor, Big Brother, whatever I win. I, and um, now that. knowing that that exists, does that change your opinion on what you would do, Billy? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big Disney gay. I'm the biggest I one. there and I'm not. Friends, you can follow my new Disney and theme park account at Block in the Park. Yeah. All right. It's, it's launching on the first. I have to do it. All right. Jeff talks to the jury and says he believed them when their, their votes were open. So who would vote for Heidi? And it, we learned that it's Danny. And apparently no one was shocked. But he says it was that she explained her the vote on him he didn't agree with it but there was logic to it and he says mixing it when with fire and taking the necklace off he likes big gutsy moves um i i don't think there was a world even nothing would have he's a firefighter i know he is also a firefighter so of course he was going to choose whoever won like made the fire yeah Brandy's going to be asked why the votes were swayed to Jam Jam, and she says he did an excellent job pulling apart the complexity that is the game. He had a narrative to his approach to the game. Kane agrees. He says the Tika Alliance played a risk adverse game, and Heidi played a very risky game. But Jam Jam's understanding of the numbers and the relationships he had to destruct. He notes that Jam Jam destroyed his game unilaterally because he built trust with his allies. He didn't have control of the game 100%, but enough to control the trajectory. And Jeff doesn't care about that answer because he's happy seeing carolyn eat who has a full pizza box in her lap <laughs> all right let's talk idols the raised hands are going to be for danny carolyn heidi matt brandon and jamie but we're going to get to the silly goose in a second matt now knows his was fake and says it was a master stroke by danny carolyn will share her experience with the fake idol and how she forgot to put the fake one back she came up with an elaborate story with the red X, which worked as it made it a treasure hunt. She placed it by Sarah's head and thus took it out with her in the blind side. And people in that room were like, wait, who, who, who's Sarah? Um, they didn't get to meet her. That's why. It's now time for Silly Goose. Jamie found her idol while she was looking for worms to eat. And she says very happily and confidently, she says it found... It was found the most organic way possible. Unfortunately, she had Matthew with her, so she celebrated with him and carried the secret together. It was a secret that haunted her, even when she tried to make everyone know she didn't have it, as Kane had it in anticipation for knowledge's power. They were two steps ahead and one step behind. No one believed her story, even if it was true. Now, Jeff is going to share the part of the story that none of them know. Matthew planted the fake idol for her to find, and the silly goose is gagged. No one knew it. It's not a real idol. She had nothing, and if she played it, nothing would have happened. Hugh, Matt, Franny, Brandon, and Kane, cheersing. Matthew left with a real idol. That I wanted more from that, just because I just I ripped her apart all season long because of this whole <laughs> idol thing. But the fact that they cheersed, did they know it was fake, or did they like assume it was fake, or they're just happy that Jamie was wrong? 
No, they, I think they were just happy that like something funny like that had happened. Yeah. Cause it's a memorable thing to be associated with this season. Does that mean Jamie that... has a chance to come back? I mean, everybody really technically has a chance to come back, but I don't, she's not someone on my list of no. people that I would see Agreed. as like a, such a strong player that I would want back, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Now, Jeff will say that he will put the idol in the future season. And the question will be, is it real or fake? What do you think is going to happen? Hate, hate it. Hate if, it. You're, hate if you're putting it in another season, it's going to be real. It's going to be it, a legacy. Do you think it might be a kind. ghost island situation? Yeah, I think that like Jamie's fake idol is going to be like a thing. I think so. Uh, hey, listen, I will take Ghost Island 2 if we can at least have Survivor Ghost Island 2 as the title and not like Survivor 69. Um, so that, that's my pitch, friends. Jam Jam has asked about his relationship with Carolyn as it was fun to watch, but Jeff is ready to make more money off of other people. So rather than ask about their bond and what it means to them, Jeff wants him to pitch the comedy with Carolyn and Jam Jam for Paramount+. Plus. Jam Jam says they are childhood friends who grew up next to each other. They fall in love, but fall in love for the wrong reasons. They want to be friends, but they thought they were in love, but they got married. And all of a sudden, she found it does found out it doesn't work, a.k.a. he is a homosexual. But they stayed together for their happiness. And Carolyn says for the kid, a.k.a. Carson, who they adopted. <laughs> Jam Jam says he's such a good boy. And yeah, we've seen the photo of Carson in Carolyn's swing. He knows how to use the other kind of swing as well. I'm convinced of it. Um, I could tell. I could tell. You see the photo, right? I don't. I'll send it to you. Um, <laughs> he was at Carolyn's house, and he she made a swing, and he's in it, and um, it looks like a sex swing. It really does. Um, would you watch Jam Jam's pitch of a television program? I think it would get canceled. I really I do. think. I would. Definitely... I don't know if it would go past the pilot, as far as like it being on TV. But I mean, I would gladly watch something with the three of them again. Same. Now, really quickly, pitch me the Billy and Chad show on Paramount Plus. <laughs> um, I haven't thought about this. Let's no. Go. Um, so <laughs> I mean, we're close. We're good friends, but it's like I haven't thought of what our show would ever be. That's Chad saying he hasn't thought about me. There it is. <gasps> Lies. <laughs> oh my God. I think about you all the time. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll, I'll let you put a pin on it. And next time you're on together, we'll, we'll so find out what the show is. Season 45 finale. We'll find there out what is. our show is. All right. Now it's time to talk about the shocking couple of Manny, Matt and Franny. Uh, did a showman's happen? Yeah, it happened. And Jim, Jam and Carolyn are gagged. They had no idea, but they got more things to gag over. Matt says from day one, there was an uncanny chemistry. He says they have more chemistry than the pharmaceutical lab. They are also playing the game, but subtly is not subtlety. is not their forte. He says the spark became the fire. Jeff says this is the most energy Matt had all season. And that is a massive insult, but he responds that they are in each other's face all the time. They cannot be separated. Do you think Manny helped Chris in season 44's Ponderosa? <laughs> Probably. But I hate that it's called Ponderosa now. It's been called that for decades at this point. Mm, true. I guess I've never heard it say that's called that in like 
out loud. In the context. Well, also in that context. Yeah. I mean, listen, they both showered. They like each other. There's no cameras. Did they smell each other's breath? Yes, no, maybe. Probably, probably. Jeff will ask (laughs) if there are plans to, quote, hang out after the show is over. And Franny's like, uh, yeah, uh, bow chicka bow wow. Franny, it's a few words. She says that she knew it was a bad idea to do a lot, but she tells them that her mom had a 10-step program to win Survivor with one being find a ride or die, but wasn't sure if you could in the new era of Survivor. But if you can, find the Dominic to your Wendell, even though we don't believe they went to Ponderosa together. But day one, she found her trustworthy person with a pretty little face. There was no way he wasn't going to tell her the truth. She was happy for the alliance together, but the more they spent time together, the more they realized they wanted to spend more time together. Now, everyone approves of Manny, and Danny compares it to when you're around a couple and they're great people, but when they're together, they're like, oh, man. But says they are the opposite. They came together and the goofiness makes them happy. Jeff loves it. Jeff loves love. Are we seeing them on Survivor together or The Amazing Race? Amazing Race. Oh, Amazing Race. It's They're, they're probably gone already. <laughs> For sure. It, it's definitely going to happen. Yep. It's time to talk to Brandon about his energy in his episode where he went down. He says being out in the sun and exerting so much energy, he notes that if you're not eating, your body is not retaining the hydration. As soon as he went into the puzzle, he felt it immediately. He, he says it felt scary. Um, and apparently Kane allegedly was feeling down that day. Can I just say that I forgot that it happened? I just feel like I remember in the beginning of the season, like so many like medical situations were right. happening. I really thought that I was like being cool. And on Twitter, I did like hashtag survivor 44 with the like bandaged head emoji. I'm like, this is going to like take, take flight. Now nobody cared. Nobody gave a fuck. I thought I was there. All right. Time for Carson to talk about his training. He was 115 pounds when he started training for Survivor, and within three months, he gained 30 pounds while he was in school and working for NASA. And it doesn't matter anything else he said because Jam Jam and Carolyn are about to learn that their child worked for NASA. They had no idea. I'm shocked. For, he did not for say 24, it. 24, 25 days. 25, 25 days. 25 days. How they... did he keep it quiet? Just like Carolyn kept her idol quiet, I guess. I, I couldn't do it. Like, yeah. I guess the question, like, I for him, it, it might be easier. It's being like, okay, well, I did it while I was in school, so I have school to talk about. But that's such a defining part of who he is. So I, I think that's fascinating that he was able to keep it quiet. Um, also, I got to call it out. Was that pizza on the side of Carson's mouth? Was it dirt? Did production not want to help the kid out so he was presentable on TV? But he had, like, this black smudge, and I was like, that's that's mean. Jeff wants to know who cried. Everyone did. So I will be fine on the show because I'm going to cry all the time. What is it that breaks you? Well, Lauren says she came in a strong woman, she thought. But when you are out there in challenges, you can realize that there are still pieces that can be mended and opportunities to grow. Danny got to tears because instead of being a strong human being and dealing with emotions, he would normally go to his phone or go to the gym. But here you have to sit down with yourself, which is the worst part. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to deal with all my trauma. Survivor, Trauma Island. (laughs) That's the new ghost island. Now, Franny had to deal with people having no faith in her and herself having no faith. But one day, on day one, she made, she thought she would be the weakest person, which she says is funny now. She had the choice to drop out of the challenge against Brandon and look who pulled it off. She says, you learn things about yourself that you would never expect. 
Carolyn is told that she is that that there are certain people if the uh, if people had two votes, one would go to her, but she got no one. Um, and Jeff wants to know how she reconciles that. She says all day her biggest hurdle would be herself, and she kept trying to pick herself up and kept trying to figure out how people perceive her, and she let it get in the way of how she spoke. She says she struggles when she's not in her environment, struggling to get back on her feet, but Franny will tell her that genuinely she changed her life because of the way she is unbashedly herself, being so open to being her. It changed her understanding of how she can move forward in the world and lauren will piggyback and say that there were so many times that she would be do something and say who cares and lauren be like heck yeah she wants to be herself unauthentically just like carolyn has carolyn influenced how you will be moving forward in the world i mean i love her very very much but i don't think it's going to change my view on the world but i do adore her same right i think i think like just her being authentically her is perfect for her, but not necessarily what my perspective on life is. Yeah. Heidi is asked how she feels knowing she didn't win by getting to the final three. And she says she's very proud of how she played and hopes people will appreciate the way she kept fighting. She wanted to risk it when the fire opportunity came. It was about showing her family and her girls doing the best with what you're given. And Jam Jam is reminded about being the first, about the first time he saw Jeff saw him in his salon saying that he was on from the get-go. How do I be that person? What do I need to do to get Jeff to be like, yeah, you're gone. We don't even have to talk. Jam Jam says he can't believe how it feels to win and recalls the option of what time he would get a phone call from Jeff and wanted the first slot on Monday at 8 a.m. and says that the conversation fueled him. He made a list of every winner of Survivor and when he got to 44, he wrote Jam Jam, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and says 44 is eight. In Spanish, it's Ocho. Arocho is his last name. Vava looks like Jam Jam. It was meant to be. Riggery? Now this is a drag race. <laughs> All right. Jeff calls it a special season and thinks they will inspire people to play Survivor. And you know what? They did. It really took Jam Jam for me to be like, I'm going to apply. So Really? Whoever, yeah. Because I never thought I physically would be able to do it because there was no one who ever looked like me and succeeded. Okay. Fair. We, and, and anytime there's been someone who's a bit bigger, it's usually an older person because always the demographic was hot young people because they need to be in bikinis and speedos. So I think, I think it, it, it's definitely inspiring for me. For That's either of you, has there ever been someone who inspired you to want to apply? Um, I don't think there's ever been like a specific player, just the game in general and like the, like, I don't know, just like I've always had this like obsession with this show. So there's not like a specific person now. Um, Kelly Wentworth. There it is. She's a good one. Yeah. And again, meeting, <laughs> meeting Jam Jam when I did, because it was the episode where he talked about with Josh about not feeling beautiful enough and then meeting his husband, blah, blah, blah. I was like, that's a narrative that we haven't heard before. And I finally felt someone articulate what I feel. So that's where I'm at. We'll see if I ever get on. But for now, it's time to take a look at Survivor 45, The Lion King. Why do I call it that? <laughs> because that opening shot of the sun rising, you cannot tell me that it was not the circle of life. <laughs> Go back and watch it again. It was The Lion King. 
Oh. All right, so we're going to hear it's going to be about stories once again, because that's what we're leaning into. We got a woman whose parents were born in Cuba without money, a woman who was a veteran for the United States Marine Corps, a man who turned down Yale at MIT, a woman whose lifelong dream is to live off the grid and grow her own food, a woman who has millions of people listening to her music, a man whose great grandmother was not able to pay rent, so his grandfather robbed the bank. Everyone's life has a story. We got a neurotic girl, an opportunistic, opportunistic villain man, Boston boy who lives with his grandma, an older woman who was starting over as the oldest in her law school class because this is her second chance. And we get to see 18 strangers who are in Fiji once again with a familiar face as it's the return of Bruce, who was forced to wear the same thing he left in. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but like, I'm glad he's back. I'm Safe. glad he's back. I hope um, he does. I don't know what it is. I did not feel any emotion out of this one. Last season 44's preview was amazing. And it may have been because of Matthew and the fall. This was just generic and boring. There was no one who stood out. Or was meeting the NASA twink. That's what got you hooked on Shut 44. Up. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You were there. I know. I was there. We <laughs> talked about it last year. That's the twink. Um, I don't know. There's nothing about this one. Yeah, it's also like hard. Story that... of the, the the robbing the bank that was memorable. So um, I will say that I don't know him personally, but he was part of ATF, which was Corinne and Max's Patreon, which I was a part of as well. So he's been in that group. So I we're all very excited for him. Um, but I don't know him personally, so I don't know how anything else. But yeah, uh, that story sounds interesting. It's hard, like, after this great of a cast, though, to be, like, super excited for the next. You know what I mean? Like, this cast yeah. is just all around amazing. Now, I know we love to analyze things, look at the little little things. It should be noted that Jam Jam was barely in the 44 preview. Does that mean these people are out of contention? Or are they going to play with our minds and say one of these people could win? I mean, we did get Jam Jam in the 44 preview because he talked about pooping in the ocean. He yeah, was but, so excited about right. it. <laughs> and it was it was a dodo moment you know right um i don't think it necessarily takes anyone out of contention yeah right. um we also got a lot more sound bites from people than we've gotten yes. in other previews yes because we're going with the story arc we, we, we like stories all right burning questions to wrap this up first off i'm just going to ask it now Top three names. Who gets the call for a returning season? Carolyn Carson and um, Franny. That's who I would go with as well. Oh, I was going to throw Matthew in there. I feel like he should get a second chance, but I agree with the other three. But Matthew. Where does Jam Jam rank in the world of Survivor winners? I think he's a pretty good, pretty, pretty good winner. I, I think he played a great game. I think he, like his final tribal council performance, like the things he said were just so spot on. And like, I just go back to the game awareness. I think he's a really, like, really good winner. I think he's a good representation to come back for another winners at war situation. Yeah. I, I would put him in the top of the middle tier of winners. Because I think there are probably some winners who had a little more of a physical game and had the statistics that the fandom loves. Um, but again, I, I think for me, Jam Jam 
it's all about the social game and proving that you can win a game with the social game. Now the season, where does that fall in the ranking of Survivor seasons? For me, it's it's probably going to, maybe it's a little biased, but I think it's going to be at least top 10, top 15. Yeah, I'd say. I think I would have to agree. Like, it's not, like, it's not the season that I would, if someone were to say, I have never seen a, like, a, a season yeah. of Survivor, where should I start? It's not the season I would suggest to start with, but it is a season that I would put on a list and say, you should definitely watch this season. Yeah, I agree. And I just feel like the cast was just so strong and like the new era and the new era, quote unquote, of Survivor. I think it's like way up there. I agree. Um, this I, is do, a, I would say I think it's the best of the like the most recent. Four 100%, seasons 100%. Of the new era, but such like, so to speak. Uh, this is more of a rhetorical question for anyone listening. Who's buying me a Carson cameo? But also for the two of you, what's with the Tika all star lips? Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> what was with the lip injections? <laughs> I Carol- think it was a filter on their phone from playing with their phones. From was it? Not having them. I think it okay. was a filter on their okay. phone. I, it looked so real. It looked real. <laughs> um, I, I might uh, be wrong, but I think it was a, film, a filter. It, I mean, because the way that Carolyn put it, it was like, I wanted to get filters, so I told the two of them to do it, and they did it. Um, but who knows? Is Tika 3 one of the best alliances in Survivor history? I mean, I... I think they got one of the best edits of of an alliance in Survivor history. I don't necessarily know that I think their their bond was great, but the moves that they were making weren't necessarily so earth-shattering for the game. They were just making the right ones at the right time. It wasn't like... Now I'm trying to think of like an alliance that did like the black widow brigade it wasn't mm-hmm. anything like memorable to that extent it but it was a it was a good alliance maybe we'll obviously. have to do a ranking podcast of of survivor alliances oh, some of the mm-hmm. best ones throw in then i'm gonna have to go back and rewatch all 44 seasons to know which throw ones in, um denise and malcolm uh, you got Steve Fishback and JT. We, there were so many good alliances, but this one for me just felt special because they, these yeah. were three people who shouldn't be in the finals right. based on old seasons of Survivor. And that's what's so special. Well, they're also just not like looking at them objectively going into the season. They're not three people that you would have immediately associated with working together. And Absolutely. that was also what was fun about it. The, this casting team deserves an Emmy Award or whatever the casting equivalent is. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Where can we find you both on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Billy? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is a nightmare. It's Billy with three Y's, A N Z Z Z O R R R. You can find me on both. I don't have any projects happening. If you want to come take my group fitness classes and you're in Astoria, look at FlexFit or Forte Lab. Hi, and um, you can find me at Twinkie Boots, T-W-I-N-K-Y-B-O-O-T-S. Um, it's my burlesque candle. I am also currently working on fundraising for Broadway Cares through Broadway Bears, which I've just started rehearsals for. Um, which you can find more information for that on my Instagram, which is my personal one, which is CSAP03, C-S-A-P-P-03. 
and, 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 and Twitch streaming? Oh, yes. And I'm also a Twitch streamer, which you can find at Twinkie Boots NYC. So T W I N K Y B O O T S N Y C. We love it. We love it. Well, this was a pleasure having you both here. Thank you for chatting through the finale with me. Thank yeah. you. I'm glad we've made this an annual thing. Me too. <laughs> 